you are listening to Dr. Shushma Singh in the last lecture of this chapter, Challenges to the Cultural Diversity. We are going to have discussion on the privileged minorities, authoritative state and civil society. Let us start with the privileged minorities. Extremely privileged or wealthy people are not referred to as minorities. Why should the minorities be given constitutional protection then? Cultural minorities need special protection because of the demographic dominance of the majority. In democratic policies, it is always possible to convert a numerical majority into political power through elections. This means that religion and cultural minorities are politically vulnerable. Minorities have also faced the risk that the majority community will capture political power and use the state machinery to suppress their religious or cultural institutions ultimately forcing them to abandon their distinctive identity. Article 29 and Article 30 are a part of Indian constitution with special reference to minorities and cultural diversity. Now let us discuss next point communalism. Communalism refers to aggressive chauvinism based on the religious identity where one religious group sees itself as a legitimate, superior and worthy with other groups being inferior, illegitimate and opposed. There are several characteristic features of the communalisms like cultivates aggressive political identity, communalism cultivates aggressive political identity, religious identity, overrides everything else. Communalism is a recurrent source of tension and violence in India. For example, anti-Sikh rights in Delhi in 1984, anti-Muslim rights in Gujarat in 2002. Now our next point of discussion is sacralism. Sacralism has two meanings. In western meaning we can say that separation of church and state, the separation of religious and political authority or related to the arrival of modernity and the rise of the science and rationality. But in, in Indian context, its meaning is secular person or state is one that does not favor any particular religion over others, equal respects for all religions rather than separation or distancing. Now our next point is authoritarian state. It is a state in which the people have no voice and those in power are not accountable to anyone. Authoritarian states 
often limit and abolish civil liberties like freedom of speech, freedom of press, freedom of political activity, right to protection from the wrong full use of authority, right to the due processes of the law and so on. Now let us discuss what is civil society. The civil society is the name given to the broad arena which lies beyond the private domain of the family but outside the domain of the both state and the market. Civil society is the known state and non-market part of the public domain in which individuals get together voluntarily to create institutions and organizations. It is a sphere of activity citizenship. Here individuals take up social issues, try to influence the state or make demands on it, pursue their collective interests or seek support for a variety of causes. It consists of voluntary associations, organizations or institutions formed by groups of citizens. It includes political parties, media institutions, trade unions, non-government organizations. The Indian people had a brief experience of authoritarian rule during the emergency. It was enforced between June 1975 and January 1977. Parliament was suspended, new laws were made directly by the government, civil liberties were revoked, large number of politically active people were arrested and jailed without trial. Censorship was imposed on the media and the government officials could be dismissed without normal procedures. Now comes the point, what are the activities of civil society? Today, the activities of civil society organizations have an even wider range, including advocacy and lobbying activity with national and international agencies, as well as active participation in various movements. The issues taken up by the civil societies today are diverse like tribal struggles for land rights, devotions in urban governance, campaigns against rape and violence against women, rehabilitation of those displaced by dams and other developmental projects. Fishermen's struggles against mechanized fishing, rehabilitation of hawkers and pavement dwellers, campaigns against slum demolitions and for the housing rights, primary education reforms, distribution of land to the Dalits, keeping a watch 
on the state and forcing it to obey the law and so on. Among the most significant recent initiative is the campaign for the right to information. It illustrates the crucial importance of the civil society in ensuring that the state is accountable to the nations and its people. The answer to the RTI has to be given within the 30 days. With this we come to end of this chapter. Thank you for listening and goodbye.